2: And welcome to the special Halloween edition of Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. Or should I say with bad girl Sandy and Rizzo. Rizzo.
1: Bad girl Rizzo. We're both bad girls.
2: We're both bad girls
1: today from Greece. Hey, Sandy. Hey, Rizzo. Uh, So thrilled to be here with you. Uh, and this is a longstanding tradition with Nancy and I. We whenever possible, over the last twelve years, we have uh, had this tradition of dressing up as something that kind of jives uh, they're not necessarily the people who always go together but in some way go together. So I'm so thrilled that we got to do it again this year. Uh, I, I just I'm gonna say that originally Nancy was saying that I should be uh, Danny. Once, Dan, Danny. and I, and I was <laughs> like, yes. I know that I can play a guy better than I can play a girl but you know I'm I, <laughs> I don't think I can pull John Travolta off. Um, we'll we'll see because we're about to do a retrospective of what we've done over the years. Um, that I totally am capable of playing a man but there's some things I'm less capable of and I don't I don't think I can pull John Travolta as Danny Off. I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to try that. Not that I'm pulling off stalker channing here but um, I, I'm at the point now where it doesn't matter what costume I put on, I look like somebody who's older. <laughs> it's just that that's that's just it. But you look fabulous as bad Sandy. Thank you, darling. Absolutely fabulous. Do we what uh first of all, let's say that we pre-recorded this last night, um, but we're watching with you live and taking your comments. We're live right now for the first time with this show, airing on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter. And a dozen other sites, Traven's going to show those to you in just a second. I want to let you know that this show will podcast. It'll be available as a free download wherever you get your podcasts. So I'm just noticing the lights on my sunglasses. Um, Anyway, so thrilled to be here with you guys. And um, we've got a great guest coming up. We're going to do in the news. We haven't been here in a while because I don't know if people know I had COVID. Nancy could have been here, but I, I was down with COVID. And it was not Can we say that? But I'm feeling much better, and I'm hoping that I get through the whole thing without any coughs. Sometimes I can do a show without a cough, sometimes not. But feeling much, much, much better. And thank you guys for all of your well wishes. But So we didn't get to do our show at the beginning of the month, but we had scheduled to do a second show for the Halloween show because we don't want to miss that. It's a tradition. 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 Anyway, so... um, Do we want to do the uh, retrospective first, Traven? I I don't remember what I put on the schedule. Um, But let's take a look back at, at what Nancy and I have been over the years for Halloween. It's kind of fun.
2: Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Autism.
1: I'm Lucy. I'm Ethel. <laughs> Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Autism with Elizabeth and Elizabeth. <laughs> welcome. Good
2: morning and welcome to Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. I'm Martha
0: Stewart, filling in.
1: And I'm Julia Child. Welcome and happy Halloween! Do, 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 can't touch this. Do,
2: do, do, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rosie. <laughs> hey, yes. How's I it doing, am babe? I'm Rosie
1: O'Donnell. And I'm and Ellen DeGeneres. Hey! And, and can I just say that you are a cutie patootie? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, hello and welcome to Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy, but obviously, you know, we are not Shannon and Nancy today. So I'm Adele and I'm here with...
2: If I could turn back time. <laughs>
1: Cher. Hello, I am Oliver Hardy and this is my cohort, Mr. Stan Laurel. <laughs> Stanley. <laughs> hello. Good morning. Good
2: morning, darling. Good morning, and welcome to Let's Talk Autism. I am Ariel, also known yeah. as Nancy Alspot Jackson.
1: And I am Ursula the Sea Witch. And we've <laughs> taken over this program with this girl.
2: I think we've had some pretty good costumes, Shannon.
1: Yes, I, I try to compensate for my lack of good costume with accents, um, but that really was not working now.
2: <laughs> you do very well. You did very well with the accent.
1: Uh, the first year that we said we were going to do this, and we did Lucy and Ethel, and I was just still getting to know Nancy. We've we had, we'd been friends for a while, but I was still getting to know her, and I didn't have any idea. Like, Nancy is pretty amazing, and Nancy gets supercharged with things, and and Nancy, I, I don't know if you can tell from the thing, but Nancy was, I think you were in an actual Lucy costume from the actual I Love Lucy show. Is that Rob, correct?
2: I got a vintage Lucy costume
1: from the costume shop. And I dressed as Ethel and it looked, I looked more like Martha Washington than, or, or Barbara Bush really <laughs> is who I look like. Then Ethel, because I was like, ah, we're just doing a representation of. And then I showed up, and, and Lucy was there. And I <laughs> went, oh, okay, this is serious business. And so over the years, sometimes I, I've tried to up my game a little bit. Last year, that Ursula makeup was an insane amount of time. This year, we kind of phoned it in a little. Um, <laughs> but... but it's all fun, and it's so fun to be here with you and to share. It's sort of fun to look back over the years and, and see the legacy of what we've what we done. It's, I, I really enjoy this time of year with you, Nancy. I, I, really I do too,
2: it. Shannon. I always look forward to
1: doing this with you. And I don't know if people know, I'm a compulsive gum chewer. It's one of the things that I do. It's disgusting, and it's terrible. But I have an excuse today because I'm Rizzo, so I get to chew gum right. and do the show, which was my single um, favorite thing about being Rizzo. I think I'm going to take the sunglasses off and then you get to see it's old geriatric uh, Rizzo, but that's okay. Um, That's okay. So Nancy, we've got this great show and we want to start with in the news. Are you ready to do in the news? Yes. Um, You want to start with the hard one,
2: a story out of spectrum news. Um, Ah. I'm going to to do the headline on this. And if you can unpack it, Anymore, okay. please be okay. my guest, because it's rather dense. Um, mm-hmm. Rare gene variants a boy inherits from his mother's X chromosome can increase his chances of having autism, Tourette syndrome, or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, a new study has found.
1: And... and- it's a very interesting read. I'm not going to pretend that I understand all of it, but my t- you can find it on um, Spectrum News, which we highly recommend as a source. Um, and they cite all of the, the different things uh, where you can find the studies and so on and so forth. What I thought was really interesting about it is we're always trying to solve why is it that more boys have this than girls? I think the most recent thought has been because the girls are being misdiagnosed, they're not being identified because it presents differently in girls. Um, but there are some researchers who are still saying we think maybe that there's something that we genetically that we can point to. And they they think that they're onto something here because, um, as we know, um, boys only get one X chromosome where girls get two. So they're saying that What they think and what they're seeing in boys is that the moms hand down their X chromosome um, to both sexes and whether it's a boy or a girl and that sometimes moms are passing uh, a chromosome that they call a damaging chromosome because it's been found to lead to other things, not autism, um, that that ends up being prevalent with autism. And then girls, because they have the two X chromosomes, that they're able to compensate for it with the chromosome from, uh, I guess, I'm not a geneticist, but I guess they get that from their dad. I don't know. But um, the girls are able to compensate because they have the two. And so maybe that's why um, we don't see it as much in girls. What I found, and I don't know that I buy all that, but um, what I found interesting was that. This was a larger study that they did where they were looking at more people, and I found it really interesting who they sought to study. They found only parents that both are non-autistic, where there was one son that did have autism, but they had to have at least two other sons that were not on the spectrum so that they could compare against everybody and take out um, other things that weren't genetic out of the The equation, I thought that alone I thought was interesting because I thought that had to have been hard to find. And they found quite a few people willing to do that with that, um, which we know, I mean, we've been involved with studies before where anytime they were looking for something really specific, it gets really hard. Um, But they did find that this one particular area of the chromosome, um, and I hope I can find as I'm scrolling through it, it, it's called the, the MAG. Um, which uh, the MAG C3, it's part of the MAG family. And the reason why they call this a damaging set of chromosomes is because it has been linked already to the melanoma antigen. That for people who apparently have this gene difference, there's a wide range of conditions that you might be prone to, including melanoma but also other neurodevelopmental um, issues as well. right? And that in that area is where they're seeing that the genes were expressed very differently in the X chromosome for the boys in the family that were on the spectrum than it was for the rest of the family. And that's uh, like, and considerably more, um, if you have... Things within that area, you were considerably more likely to be on the autism spectrum. The other interesting takeaway for me is that they were also looking at, did that make you more likely to have any kind of an intellectual deficit or disability? And they found, in fact, the quite opposite. That um, people, because we know that there's many different types of autism, right? But the people who have this chromosomal difference, were much more likely to have higher than average IQs when they were on the spectrum. So I thought that was kind of compelling as well, Nancy. Mm -hmm. But they, uh, go ahead. You unpacked that very well, Shannon. Well, thank you. I don't know that that wouldn't make them break out into hives, but we'll see. Um, I will say too that they also found that... uh, that there were in, within that area that you were more likely to have ADHD or Tourette syndrome and that that was even more than autism. In fact, the one that had the highest number was the ADHD, which uh-huh. again, I thought that was significant. And they ended the article with the phrase, because this is where I went with this, the, 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 they, the, 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 diagnosed, the person who was the reporter for this that was the expert says this work is absolutely not suggesting that mothers in general are responsible for their children's diagnoses. Um, and I appreciated that because whenever I see, oh, well, it's the mom's genes, I go, oh, great. They're going to pin it on us again. Right. Um, you know, and oh, it's the refrigerator. It's always our fault. Um, so I loved that they included that and that that was the last sentence for it. Again, you can find this on Spectrum News does this help anyone that already has a, a son on the spectrum I don't think so um, but I will say that because when they when they find out one thing it connects to other things and certainly if they find out that there is a segment of our population that has these chromosome changes in this one area uh, you know they're going to find out does it does it mean that our children need to be checked for melanoma more often they're going to check them for other things as well. That might end up being useful, but we're not there yet. There we go.
2: All right. All right. Our next story comes out of The Conversation. I'm not familiar mm-hmm. with that.
1: I wasn't either.
2: Yeah. And it the headline on this one is, TikTok is teaching the world about autism, but is it empowering autistic people or pigeonholing them? Yeah. And it goes on to say, um, if you look at TikTok, uh, it shows the stats show more than 38,000 posts under the hashtag autism with more than 200 million views. And the hashtag actually autistic, which is used in the autism autism community to highlight content created by and not about autistic people, has more than 20,000 posts and 40 million views. Yeah. Um, and then it goes on to analyze whether these posts further stereotypes or smash stereotypes.
1: Yeah. I thought it was an interesting read. I I, I was sort of interested. It's It was written by Sandra Jones, who identifies as the pro-vice chancellor research impact of the Australian Catholic University. Um, but I didn't uh, and I didn't see in the article whether she was identifying herself um, as being someone on the spectrum, but I thought that she came across as a really good ally, being concerned about how autism was being depicted, um, the fact that, and she touched on the fact that there is the potential for bullying yes. uh, on TikTok, and 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 quoted some of the things that are really terrible that are happening, and how, how people are mocking people on the spectrum and that, that that's not okay. Uh, she had some recommendations about how to make um, even more platforms other than TikTok available. She had some outdated information that I sort of took issue with That She said that Hollywood is only depicting. Uh, she gave the examples of the good doctor and atypical and said, well, this sends the message that it's only, uh, basically, I don't think she said white, but, you know, let's go there, that she said white men, high-functioning. White men, high-functioning. Yeah. Yeah, and that that's the stereotype that gets put forward uh, about autism. And, and she further went on to say that um, most of the actors that are playing autism are actors, not people who are on the spectrum. And that is entirely true of the good doctor and atypical it just isn't entirely true of what's come out since those two things came out. I don't think that the studios could make The Good Doctor with Freddie Highmore anymore. I think that everybody knows that would not happen. I don't think that they would do a typical and cast a a non-actually autistic actor anymore. And the reason why they did that at the time was when those two shows were being made, I don't think anybody in Hollywood knew that there was an actor who could carry the responsibilities of being a lead in a TV show. And we now see that it's been done over and over and over again. In fact, a lot of these people are that have been doing it are coming to be on the red carpet for the all ghouls gala this Saturday. So I think that's a little outdated. Um, and I took issue with it because I thought, well, you know, if you're writing this article four years ago, that would really be true. I just don't think it is anymore. Right. Um but mostly, I, I thought that, you know, what she was saying is that more outlets have to have availability for autistic voices to speak authentically. I want to say that we heard that rally cry several years ago here, um, um, and we started the Autism Network, which is what we're now on, and we have a show, a whole podcast that is just that, stories from the spectrum that is only the voices of those who are on the autism spectrum. Um, so I think it's happening and I, and we're not the only ones, although, you know, our last story of the day talks about how far we came and what we lost. So, yes, our last story
2: is about, um, the fact that, uh, Amazon has canceled, uh, as we see it, the show that, um, was based on the Israeli series On the Spectrum and it starred three actors with autism as 20-something roommates, Jack, Harrison, and Violet, uh, and followed their attempts at making friends, finding jobs, and finding love. Uh, It was created by Jason Kadams, who was behind the show Parenthood. Um, And uh, Kadams has a son on the autism spectrum. Uh, that he said inspired him to make the series. And while I have to admit I had not seen the series, I know you watched it, Shannon. And loved oh, it. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And I, and here's the thing about this that makes me just hopping mad. And we have a friend that whenever we're with him, and if something happens, and it could be something minor or whatever, his thing is that. He, he reaches for the table that he's close to as if he's going to overturn it. And he says, this is bullshit, <laughs> you know, beep, right? Um, that, that that's what this is. And this is how I feel about this. Here's what really tears my ticket about this is that we reported on this, that Amazon had canceled this in July. In July, I started a petition to get them to reconsider it and they did not announce And did not, people, you know, we reached out to them. We said, we've heard you canceled it. And they didn't respond, whatever. And they only announced that they canceled it the other day. And now people are reporting on it. I was saying in July, they're not renewing. This is the message that they've given the actors. This is terrible. This is a travesty. This is Bill. Um, Because they were doing it right. They had a storyline that was about actually autistic people They hired actually autistic people. They even hired autism actors to portray some of the neurotypical people. They had people who were on the spectrum behind the cameras doing makeup. On every level, they had people that were on the spectrum employed. And I really felt like as a community, we needed to rally to save this show. And everybody was like, oh, we don't think it really got canceled. And now I'm like, "Mm, okay, well, the petition is there. It really got canceled now. Amazon is corroborating that they have canceled one of the best things that they've ever done. And I and I I did a review of this and I said that I didn't think the first episode was incredibly strong. I didn't even think the second episode was really strong because it took a while. It's hard stuff and it took a while to get into it. But in that that the final episode was absolutely Emmy worthy absolutely Emmy worthy. It should have gotten nominations for cast members and for writing and and it's bull that it didn't. So that's how I feel about that. If anybody wants to find the petition, all you have to do is uh, Google petition uh, as we see it canceled and it will come up. And it's the petition that I started. I just couldn't get movement from people. People were like, no, we don't think it's canceled. It is. It's canceled. I'm unhappy. Can you tell? Yes.
2: <laughs> good, anyway. good, for, good for you for starting that petition, Jan.
1: Well, it didn't get a lot of movement. And I get really upset when we as a community don't come together for things that are good for our community. And right. it doesn't matter if you watched the show or not. It was supporting... That for a studio to do it right, I think it's. I think this is going to set us back. I'm just going to be honest. I think it's going to be a long time before we see this again because we didn't rise up and take to the streets and go, we're not standing for this. I, Amazon has tons of stuff that is just not worth it. This was the, uh, like, uh, listen, Amazon, I'll write a Peabody letter for that final episode for you. It was that good, but... They let it go. They let it go. And and there are tons of shows. It got good ratings. It didn't get the best ratings. And there are tons of shows that didn't get good ratings until the second, even third season. But you know, we're in a cancel it. If it's not immediately viral, cancel it uh society. And I'm just like ha put to on them. Amazon, you're you're really pushing it with me. Uh, so that's how I feel about it. But we have a great guest, and she's wonderful, and we want to make sure that we leave time for her. So, uh, and I I didn't put a big bio for her, Nancy, because oh, I we know. We better look at Y art first. Oh my gosh, we have to do Y art first. Forgive me. Let's look at Y art. You're absolutely right. Let's take a look. Where's the Y art?
2: Okay. Talk to then. Uh, if you want to put up the first painting. um which I think is a painting of an outrigger canoe, if I'm not mistaken
1: um, Oh, was, look at that look That at was that.
2: commissioned by somebody who wanted they gave us a photograph of an outrigger canoe, which Wyatt
1: copied um, Well, you did an amazing job Yeah, I oh, love the How beautiful thing. is that? You know, it's like you want to look at each individual mm-hmm. section, like I love the Pearl of the wood and the outrigger, but I also that little there's that one little wave that's coming in that you just look at and go, oh my gosh, that's so good, Nancy. Yeah, and, the, yeah. and the little dotting or at the horizon, uh, right. it's just beautiful, beautiful. beautiful. What do we
2: have next, Tray, then? Um I'm. These are all commissioned. Oh, look. You know who that is? Sue Cho's boyfriend's
1: cat. All right. We like that. What a cutie patootie.
2: Yes. Her boyfriend, William, commissioned this painting. And he commissioned another one of his cats.
1: Oh, how lovely.
2: So Wyatt did both cats for for William. I'm sure William was over the moon. Yes, he loved them.
1: That's And then this next
2: piece was commissioned by... My former agent in television, Sean Perry, commissioned this of his two dogs playing. I love it. This was it's, a hard piece for Wyatt to paint. I'm sure. Yeah, it took him a while. And it was on a bigger canvas because of the dimensions of it.
1: Yeah. But I think it turned out great. But look at the I mean... Okay, my question. Oh, those are great, too. My question is, when he was doing the dog that's on the bottom, did he turn the canvas upside down, or did he do that upside down? Because look he, at the work on the face of that dog. It's just stunning.
0: Yeah,
2: he turned it upside down to paint that dog.
1: Wow. Wow, that's beautiful.
2: And then this next one was commissioned by a friend of her two Australian Shepherds.
1: Oh, so cute. What beautiful coloring they have. Absolutely amazing. And do we have more?
2: I think there's one more.
1: Okay.
2: Yes. That's another commission one of a puppy named Blue.
1: Oh, that's amazing. And I don't know if we're allowed to say, Nancy, but you've had a loss um, since we last met um, of your fabulous, wonderful puppy. How are you guys doing?
2: Yes. We, um, we lost our dog last week. We had to put our beloved Casey down. It was very traumatic. We're
1: still, we're still grieving her. Yeah, absolutely. And you will for quite a while. How is Wyatt doing?
2: Yes. It was very tough. Wyatt handled it very well.
1: Oh, uh, and, um, how long had you had Casey because you'd had Casey the whole time I've known you
2: 12 years. She was a Amazing. rescue dog. Wow. And about a year and a half ago, she started having problems eating uh, and we found out she had a gallbladder issue uh-huh. and we went to great lengths to keep her going. We went yeah. to a holistic vet, gave her uh, holistic medicine, syringes twice a day, full of holistic medicine we said she would. She stopped eating dog food a year and a half ago. Oh, my
1: gosh.
2: So we kept her going for a long time, but it just got to the point where she couldn't continue. She got very weak and wasn't sleeping and uh, stumbling around and it was oh. the humane thing to do. So,
1: oh, um, I'm so sorry for your loss.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Now, back to the Y-Art, if people want to commission a work, um, what do they need to do, Nancy? They
2: can go on Facebook or Instagram. Um, his, his two handles are right there. Instagram is at Y-Art underscore autism, and Facebook is Y-Art autism. And they can message him or me. I look at all the messages Right. And they can commission a portrait.
1: Wonderful! That is just look at the eyes on that puppy. That is just beautiful. And if you have, uh, and he does people as well. If you have a house or a scene that you want to commemorate for someone for a Christmas gift or a Hanukkah gift or a, you know, Kwanzaa or Diwali or you know whatever the this the you're celebrating. Get the picture to Nancy and have a really one-of-a-kind piece of artwork to commemorate that. Um, it's a beautiful, thoughtful gift, honestly. Um, and why is going to go on to move and shake, and someday it might be like the equivalent of a Rembrandt. You just don't know. We never know. We hope so. That's right. That's right. So anyway, now it's time for our guest. And I didn't take the time um, to do a big bio for her because... Uh, We know and love her. And she's, you know, one of your closest friends, Nancy.
2: Yes, she she... is. She's been one of my closest friends for many years. We were brought together by autism. Um, I had found out from her mother uh, through a mutual friend that she had um, a younger son diagnosed. And she was looking for uh, guidance. And I called her and uh, tried to get her into the loop as much as possible. Um, now what I do is I recommend your book to everybody, Autism oh, and cool. um, when they have a newly diagnosed child. But back then there was, your book was not out, So I had a one pager that I sent to parents that explained biomedical interventions and ABA. And uh, Marcy, Well, we'll let her tell her story, but Brady was her son and he has become one of Wyatt's closest friends and she has four sons and she's going to tell you about them. So let's welcome her.
1: And and I just want to say too, here's this amazing, beautiful, gorgeous woman. I I said to her, her hair is just like so stunning. And Andy McDowell wishes her hair was as beautiful. (laughs) Um, but, um, But also... 'Cause I, I like to acknowledge too that we were all people before we had our children. And uh, you know, and she's no slouch, uh an attorney, right? And four right. children, four boys, and we'll let her tell you the story of her birth boys. So first of all, welcome Marcy. We're so thrilled to have you here with us.
0: Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Nancy.
1: And you have a very interesting last name, which sounds like uh, it would be pronounced one way, and I don't want to slaughter it, but I've heard it, and it doesn't sound, when I hear it, it doesn't sound like how it's spelled. So tell us what your last name is.
0: The last name is pronounced chiton That everyone mispronounces it.
1: When I always hear it, it sounds like it. I always thought your name was Triton. With a People say
0: kitten, they say,
1: what I can't say probably on okay. Show. <laughs> okay. All right, then. Uh, but we're so glad to have you. I guess, have we not had you on the show before? Never. Well, that's just crazy. What, how remiss <laughs> of us. Um, but I know you're busy and it's, and it's hard to get you to, to be in the same space as us. But, uh, Marcy, we're so thrilled to have you here. We've got a lot of different things that we want to talk about, but should we, shall we start with the origin story, Nancy, how she came to be part of our tribe? To start with what? The origin story. I call it the, how, how you came to be part of the autism tribe. How autism came to live at your house. Yeah, you want to start with that,
2: Marcy?
0: Sure. Um, I have two sets of twin boys. And I have feedback, so I'm going to try to like not listen to my uh-huh. voice twice. Um, when my older said they were four years old... I got a call from the summer camp saying, I think you should have your kid diagnosed. He's acting very peculiarly. He was eating the arts and crafts materials at the camp. He was rolling on the bus on field trips on the pile. Um, And he was diagnosed with autism. Um, And then, when from my younger set, Brady, when he was three, he was also diagnosed with autism. And then, so that was one from each set. And then down they fell. (laughs) From the older set, um, one of my sons, when he was 15, was diagnosed. And then from the younger set, when he was 14, he was diagnosed. Wow.
2: So so four? You have four children, four boys, two sets of twins, and all four have been diagnosed somewhere on the spectrum. Correct.
1: Yeah. And I think we're like, it's just silent for a moment because we're all taking that in, Marcy. That's a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah, just two sets of twins alone, I always say, is a lot. And they're two years apart. That's a lot. I have four diapers at the same time. And then you throw in all the autism. And it's a real circus.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you think, yeah. Uh, and and we've got a list of things, like topics that you want to talk about. But I think at the top of that list, you have stages of grief. Mm. And yes. I'd love to hear what you... And, and I know this is a dicey subject because we love our kids. Nobody's saying we don't love our kids. But um, there, there are things that happen... With our kids that aren't weren't a part of the plan that we had, and I think I always say grief is a part of this. And anybody who poops that, I'm sorry if that hurts anybody's feelings, but it's the truth, right?
0: Absolutely, um, and you know the stages of grief: denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and eventually acceptance. And you know I love each one of my kids. But every single time I got that diagnosis, I fell apart and I looked at them differently and I didn't want to believe it and I thought I could fix it. And I just, especially with the first one, I'm like, I love this kid so much and I thought he was this genius and so special. And when they slapped on that label of autism, I was like, who is this alien? Like it was. This isn't who I thought I had, and it really took me aback. And I cried, and I cried, and then I tried to fix it. And um, you know, you get angry, and you start lashing out at the school districts, and you name it. And eventually, you work your way around to acceptance. And of course, you it's your kid. You love your kid, and then you understand your kid.
1: So what would you say to a parent now, Marcy, if they, we just had somebody write in before um, earlier this week about the fact that their child just got the diagnosis yesterday. And, you know, I imagine they're going to go through some grief. What would you say to them now being in the space where you are about what they're feeling today? Allow
0: it. Your feelings are your feelings. Feelings don't last. You know, this is a huge bombshell that gets dropped on you and it takes a while to make your peace with it to accept it to understand it and to eventually for me to embrace it and to love it Mm -hmm. and you have to be gentle with yourself it takes as long as
1: it takes yeah amen to that Nancy I want to let you jump in here
2: yeah Marcy you, you have here is a bullet point self care um can you talk a little bit about that yes
0: um you know self-care i recommend to everyone whether they have a child with autism or not we moms tend to think we have to do it all and we have to do it all perfectly and we have to do it all ourselves uh for me you know my husband was the traditional go to work make the money i take care of the kids and so at the time when Brady actually was my lowest functioning kid, I would say to my husband, you know, you take the other three and I'll take Brady because I know what to do. I'm working with the therapist. I know how to do this. And he would go and have fun with the other three who were much higher functioning. And I was saddled with Brady who was not fun when he was young. He was a lot of work. He was exhausting. And um, I thought I had to do it, you know? And eventually, I learned through this process, I don't have to do it all, I can ask for help. I can get respite care. I can tell my husband, this is what you're supposed to do, you do it. And then of course, eventually you learn, it doesn't have to be done perfectly, these kids don't break, you know? Our main job is to love them. Um, and self care is really important because if you work yourself to the bone, and you're so well and so tight, going to take it out on your kid and they're going to pick up on it so for everyone self-care is important we're here you know to raise our kids and we're here to enjoy life and you can do it all. yeah you know you just got to keep
1: that balance now you've had an interesting circumstance because of the way your kids were diagnosed that you've been through the early intervention part of it but then you've had kids diagnosed later where you had to start intervention later So I think you've got a really unique perspective to talk about early intervention and when kids are diagnosed later. What would you like to say about all that?
0: Well, of course you want to get the diagnosis as soon as you can, the earlier you intervene, the more, you know, the better results, the more time they have to work with a kid, and it's so much easier to work with a kid when they're young. When my 14 year old was diagnosed by then, honestly, It explained to us what was going on, but he was not amenable to intervention. It was too late, Um, you know, because teenagers are stubborn, they don't want it. So I kicked myself, you know, why didn't I get it done earlier? But, you know, in our instance, we tried, and he was so high functioning, people said there was nothing the matter. Me as the mom, I knew something was the matter, but what's done is done. But if you can intervene early, of course that's best.
2: And you did do early intervention with Brady.
0: Yes, starting at three.
2: Starting at three, and you started with an intensive ABA program.
0: Right. Between uh, his shadow at school. Oh, did I lose you guys?
1: Um, oh no. We, we still have you can still hear you. Okay. We can still okay. hear you, Marcy. Go right ahead. You lost your picture, but... Okay, so you can okay. Hear me.
0: Um, so with Brady, we had um, a shadow at school. We had 25 hours a week of ABA uh, after school. So he was getting about 40 hours a week of intervention. Uh, and that lasted um, until just a few years ago. And we still do the ABA. And he still
1: gives services at school. Yeah. One of the things that you said that you sent us uh, is that the Christina Adams book, A Real Boy, that that's not your story. And, and I want you to talk about that a little bit because I have said, you know, um, I read that book and it was life changing for me and it sent me on a path. Um, but, you know, it's not everybody's path and it's not everybody's outcome. Talk a little bit about that and how that feels for you.
0: Well, it was, I think Nancy may have even been the one to tell me to read that. I can't remember, but it was a good start. It was like, oh, okay, here's this boy, sounded just like my kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was very inspiring. You have to do this, that, and the other thing, and, you know, your child will get better. And we did this, that, and the other thing, and he did get better. But I had a lot of compare and despair. I would be like, Oh my God, you know, her kid was and I don't I haven't read this book in sixteen years, but I remember it was like I think it was the age of five was the magic number, and my child was getting closer to the age of five and we were nowhere near where her child was. And, um, and I panicked. I'm like, we're not working hard enough. And I, you know, I would be like writing the therapist, we have to do better, we have to do better. Mm-hmm. And eventually, he passed the age of five. And that's when I finally got to acceptance. I'm like, literally, this is not our story. My kid is not going to be, you know, falling off the spectrum by the age of five. And I remember that day so clearly, when I had that Insight and that acceptance my shoulders went Mm -hmm. And it's okay and all the pressure was lifted and I said to myself you're gonna Bring to him the therapy that is offered He will pick up what he picks up He will advance where he's supposed to advance and i'm gonna love this kid for exactly where he's at every step of the way and it completely took the pressure off Mm -hmm. and now I
1: then and then still, now I enjoy the journey. It's just, it's all a process, and it's all about this unconditional love of these kids. Uh, I'd love to hug
0: you, uh, Marcy. But, but Nancy, I want
2: you to go ahead and jump in. Um, well, Marcy, you talk about the journey, and I know you have a very spiritual attitude about it. Can you kind of expound upon that about your, your, um, your
1: philosophy um yeah she's asking about your um the spiritual aspect of it uh Marcy that you know that you're a very spiritual person and and talk a little bit about what the spiritual journey is with the voice and for you okay. Chris. Yeah. yes
0: okay so for me this this is the topic i love to talk about um the most um in the early years i very much saw myself as a victim why me why me twice? Why me three times? Why me four times? Why am I having this life? Why are other kids, you know, doing so well and mine are not? Why can other families go out to dinner and sit at a table and we cannot? Uh, Victim, victim, victim. But what I have learned through this whole journey is I believe that's exactly why I am on this earth and why these kids came to me. The The whole experience of nurturing these kids on the spectrum, um, unconditionally loving them and supporting them, my life is so filled with meaning and purpose. And when I think back before the diagnoses, I was always about, well, my kids are going to go to Harvard. They're going to be lawyers. They're going to this. They're going to that. And when I think about it, like none of that, would have had the meaning that this journey has had to me. Every conversation I have with my kid is so meaningful. When my kid, when Brady learned how to ride a bike, finally, by the age of eight, like, like the neighborhood was screaming, like every every milestone they reach, even if it's delayed, they get there, and you're like, way to go. It's all about the love, and I I have trouble putting it into words. All I can say is that, I'm so grateful. I mean, for them, I don't want them to suffer. But for me personally, I wouldn't have it any other way. This has been just the journey of a lifetime. And, and I just
1: love it. <laughs> wow, that's amazing, Mercy. Um, and you call that radical acceptance. Is that right? Um, uh, yes. And maybe, like, you know, there are some people that aren't there. Uh, I, I know that there are people who write in and say, you know, when people go, I'm loving my life. And, you know, and I have, I have four boys on the spectrum and they have each individual needs. There are some people who are scratching their head going, I don't, I don't get it. What do you want to say to them?
0: Well, for me, you know, every hardship in life, and it doesn't, it, it's not just about autism. Every hardship will teach you something. You know, when my kid has a, or not anymore, but when he had a tantrum, that was life giving me the opportunity to practice patience and kindness. Um, when I, when my kid is struggling, it's an opportunity for me to nurture and to inspire. And I, I mean, for every negative, there is an equal and opposite positive. And each of those positives are life lessons. They're so growing. Um, so for me, it's, it's just an opportunity to grow my soul and to love my kids unconditionally. And nothing is more important or feels better than that to me. But it took me a very long time to get there. This is, you know, maybe in the past, I don't know, four or five years.
1: Amazing. Nancy, you want, I I want want to
2: say, I just want to say you, you have not been without your challenges. You've had a lot of challenges with the
1: boys. She's saying that it's not. You haven't had an easy time. You've been through a lot of challenges, Marcy. And I think, I mean, with you know four boys diagnosed on the spectrum, it would have to be right. Um, But how have you gotten through that, Marcy? Well, it's
0: really my it's my spiritual outlook on it. Um, I am blessed, you know. um, I don't have other problems we're we're blessed i don't i don't struggle with money issues um so really like this is all i have to deal with and i say all in quotes you know it's a a lot um i have a very supportive husband um you know all this all the i could never have done this without all the ABA therapy i mean that was a game changer Mm -hmm. um but you just take it one day at a time that's how i've done it you know one day at a time i'm with a positive outlook and it's not to say that every day i'm you know, cheery and smiley, you know, there's frustrating days, but I don't stay there. You know, I just, if you stay in the victim mode, it, you still have the same stuff you're dealing with, but when you come at it with a positive attitude, it's just so much better. So I don't know if that answers the question, but yeah, that's how I do it.
1: But one I, I know, I don't know if you guys are still doing this, but you guys used to go for walks together, you and Nancy. Uh, do you guys still do that?
0: We haven't done that in a while, sometimes here and there. Uh, But for me, going back to the self-care, I make sure I exercise every day. I go for a walk. I go to the gym. I go to yoga. Um, You have to take care of yourself. You just have to carve out some time for yourself. Because we love our kids, but our kids are not everything, right? You know, you got to make time for your spouse. and You have to make time for yourself. You know, for me, self-care some days, like I may want to, well, my kids at school, like climb into bed and watch eight hours of Netflix, do binge watch something. On another day, I may want to get in the car and drive to Santa Barbara. On another day, I may need to just go have some shopping therapy, you know. (laughs) I check check in with myself and I say, what does this mama need today? And I make sure I do something for me too. Super
1: important. That's great. That's great. Nancy, did you have any other questions for Marcy? When you look at the future, what are your thoughts about it? She wants to know, when you look at the future, Marcy, what are your thoughts about it?
0: Oh, so bright. Um, And it doesn't mean necessarily that my kids are going to be doing, you know, in the traditional sense, spectacularly well. But that's okay. You know, it's going to be what it's going to be. And they're going to struggle and they're going to have a life. um, And it's going to... Teach us all something. And w- the most important thing is for me is that I want to I have wonderful relationships with my kids. And the only way for me to do that is to just, like I said to you, with the radical acceptance. Mm-hmm. You know, we just, they are who they are, and they're incredible. So no matter what happens, um, it's going to be okay. You know, I'm going to love them. They're going to have parents who love them, and that's okay, and that's enough.
1: That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, Marcy, we really appreciate you uh, taking the time to be with us and talk about all these things. Because I don't know about you, Nancy, but I feel like, oh, my gosh, if if Marcy can be that upbeat and she's got, you know, four four different paths here that she's walking. that And, and everybody's path is different. We can't, like, the compare thing is really hard to do. But the fact that she's got four, it makes me inspired and it makes me want to be looking at things in a better light because everybody has some rainfall, right? Everybody has challenges. Um, But if you can do that, Marcy, and still stay such a bright light, I have to work harder on that.
2: That's how I feel. Nancy, how do you feel? I think gratitude is really important. Yeah. I try to practice gratitude every day. I do a gratitude list every night before I go to bed of at least five things I'm thankful for. And it's hard to be, when you're in gratitude,
1: it's hard to be dissatisfied. There you go. There you go. I don't think you heard that, Marcy, but she said she said she practices gratitude and every night she tries to think of five things to be grateful for and that it's hard when you can't, when you're in gratitude, it's very hard to be in the side of things that where you where all things are bad or, you know, to focus on that. I'm paraphrasing Nancy, but you said it beautifully. Um, but we, the reason why I'm having to translate is we lost something at some point, um, for those of you watching at home, so that Nancy and Marcy aren't hearing each other. It's not that I compulsively want to repeat what they're saying i and not do a good job of it. Um, but in any case, we're, we're out of time. But Marcy, thank you so much for your wonderful words and your inspiration. And for being a part of, a, of this with us. Nancy, what do you want to say to her in parting?
2: Uh, it's been great being on this
1: journey with you. She says it's been great being on this journey with you. Oh, couldn't
0: agree more. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Next time I'll come into the studio. Yes. <laughs> so we won't have these problems. Yes,
1: yes. But thank you so much for, for being here with us. And, and have a happy Halloween. You too. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. Bye guys. Bye bye. Um, boy, she's a powerhouse, huh, Nancy? Yes. Amazing. So, um, I we just have I I and I can't tell Traven how much time we have left. I'm not able to see it, so if you can send Did me. a Did you message. want to do a spot for the All Blues Gala? I, we did want to talk about that just briefly, that um, this Saturday is – okay, great. Thank you, Trayvon. Uh This Saturday is uh, a wonderful event. It's the All Rules Gala. It is to, to raise money for autism care today, which Nancy beautifully helmed for so many years and helped so many people and did such a lovely job. And, and Nancy, every October, uh, would host the, the Denim and Diamonds And, um, now, you know, uh, we haven't, we haven't done anything like that in a couple of years and, and, and Nancy, you've gone on to do other amazing stuff. So this year, uh, autism care today is changing it up a little bit and doing the first ever all rules gala as a Halloween event since it happens in October. So it's like a, everybody has been very like I don't understand. Um, but somebody said to me today, "Oh, it's a party," and I said, "Yes, it's a party. It's not a sit-down, do speeches fundraiser. It's a party. It's a Halloween party, but for adults. Um, that that's that's really what it is. And I I will be there on the red carpet, and you guys can tune in live." From 6.30 to 7.30 Pacific Time, um, we've got some amazing people that are going to be on the red carpet with us. Gary Cole, who I love, Nancy. Do you love who? Gary Cole? Gary Cole, yeah. Yeah. And Joe Mantegna is going to be there from As We See It and CSI. And so many other people. We have uh, some honorees that we're honoring. Some that I can't t- talk about yet, but I can say that we're honoring Disney's live action version of Pinocchio, because you know if you watch the show, I am simply gaga over it, as are other people. And um, this year, that we we're, we're, we've started something called the Lending Your Voice Award, and it goes to a person, an entity, or a work of art that has elevated the conversation uh, about how being different is not less. And that inclusion is the deal. That that is the that is the motion and the movement of the hour. And so um, Pinocchio, I feel, uh, encompasses that really well. Kobe Bird is also going to get an award and a lending your voice award. And he is from Netflix's Lock and Key. He's been on the show many times. And you know who else is getting an award? Nancy is Logan Shepard. Ah amazing drummer, um, on the autism spectrum. And then we have one other big name honoree, but I, am not, I'm not allowed to say yet, um, that is getting an award because we don't know if they're going to be able to be in attendance, but they're getting an award, but I can't, I can't say it until we know for sure. So, um, anyway, uh, so it should be really fun. And Nancy, I know you said you're going to be there. Yes. I'll be there. I'm thrilled, and I will be there. You know, people, it is a uh, costumes-encouraged party. Um, We're going to show you a clip here in just a second to invite. uh, And I I don't, I think we're sold out, but I'm not sure. Um, You can go to the Eventbrite link on the thing to see if there are any tickets left, but I think we are sold out. Um, But take a look at this. Oh, maybe not. Traven. do we have the thing to show? Maybe not. Okay, we're not going to do that. So that's okay. But I want to encourage people that um, if you want to tune in, we'll be on Facebook Live. I don't know. Will we also be on YouTube? We'll be on all the things, Traven. I don't know. Uh, But you definitely can watch us on Facebook. Um, Yeah, we're going to be on all the things. And that will be from 6.30 to 7.30. It should be a pretty raucous red carpet. Uh, there are going to be a ton of actually autistic actors. Um, pretty much everybody that you love um, from shows where we have actually autistic actors. Like all, most of the cast from Everything's Going to Be Okay are going to be there. You know, I loved that show. Um, Alex Plank is going to be there. Um the the young uh, and we have we have people also representing uh, ability actors that are are differently able that it isn't autism. We have uh, the young woman who is on uh, American Horror Story is going to be with us, Jamie Brewster. So a lot of amazing people. Uh, Ron Lucas, who is a world famous Las Vegas ventriloquist is going to be on the red carpet with one of his puppets. I'm not sure which one, uh, uh, I don't like to call them dummies. I don't like that. Uh, but I think it's really fitting because of the Pinocchio thing and, uh, everybody's going to be mad that I can't think of all the other people that are going to be there, but it's really going to be a fun time. So make sure that you tune in to see, we're even going to have some service dogs on the red carpet. I love that. It's a very inclusive red carpet. So, yeah, we will have a good time, and um, I can't wait to party hardy with you, my friend. I can't
2: either, Shannon. It's going to be
1: fun. Yes, it will be. Uh, Okay, so I think we are totally out of time. Want to remind? I think Nancy, because we put off. I think we are back live next week. Is that on your calendar? We're back live next week. Yes, because usually you're the first. Um, Thursday of the month, but this was an extra show because of Halloween. So I think, I think let's talk. Autism is back next Thursday. Next
2: Thursday. Okay.
1: We have to talk. I. Okay. It's all right. If I have to, I can move things around, but we'll talk about that. But we're going to be back live with you Saturday, 630 to 730. It might go later than that. Uh, on find us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, wherever you find us. We'll be live then, and um, we're back tomorrow with the stories from the Spectrum. I should say that, um, and then we'll be back live in the studio on Monday for Halloween. We'll do we'll do a special thing because it is actual Halloween on Monday. All right, you guys. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna leave you now. Um, give your kiddos a hug from me and yourselves a hug from me. Bye bye bye.